How are you doing there? Just a quickie before we start. On the Apple podcast, why don't you double click on David McWilliams Plus? It's right there when you open the podcast. You get ad free, you unlock early access. Just double click and away you go. David McWilliams Plus, you get this pure and simple. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. To understand the economy, you have to understand human nature. This podcast is powered by Acast. How are you doing there? It is the podcast time. I hope all is well in your life. You're not getting as depressed as I am in Ireland. If you're not from Ireland, we'll just be quick on this affliction that it has rained constantly. It is like a biblical <laughs> deluge. I actually thought I saw Noah walking by looking for two pairs of every species to put in the ark so that we could actually... So two economists walking by. Two economists, a male and female economist. I wonder what happens to an economist's mate. Do you know what I find? They produce another economist. God, I hope not. (laughs) But do you know what I find interesting about about Irish people in general is that we always talk about the weather and complain about the weather. Marker, you've been in this country, on this planet for 56 years. Are you not used to it yet? No, but John, I woke up this morning. I, I, I get that, man. I get that. But I woke up this morning. I just, just stop. Just stop. <laughs> actually, you know, I mentioned Noah's Ark, right? I was mm. reading something fantastic the other day about, this is a total segue before we start, <laughs> right. about the story of Noah's Ark and why so many cultures have the story of the Great Flood in them. So many ancient... Because it happened. Yes. And somebody saw it and they passed it down to their kids. And I was reading something about how the Black Sea was formed. Yes. And it's an extraordinary story. So the the Atlantic eventually creates this rupture in the land between Africa and Spain yeah, at Gibraltar. Gibraltar, yeah. And that millions of cubic litres of water gush into the yeah. Mediterranean. And then over thousands of years, that little small sliver of land around Marmaris in Turkey yeah. also breaks. And the water floods into the Black Sea. And people saw this yeah. and they told their kids about it. Yeah. And I was, I was fascinated by that. that but but this, if you look at... This if, obviously did happen. If you look at the geology of the Mediterranean Sea, it was a desert at one stage. And as was the Black Sea, wasn't yes. it? Yes, yeah. And it was so, a big indentation. Yeah. This is where kind of legend, fact blends into legend. Into Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> but on Mount Erat in Turkey yeah. is the resting place of the Ark itself. There so that's where it actually... That's, stuck. Where it is. It's That's there. where it got stuck. And you're not allowed to climb it. 
Okay, that's one for John and I are going to do a podcast from Mount Erat in search of the Ark. And we're going to talk about Noah, economist mating, and why it rains in Ireland and why that gets in our wick there after you go. a while. But anyway, get back to the real business of okay, okay. why we're here. Something I have noticed actually over the last while is that there seems to be a load of property, houses, up for sale particularly more high-end property up for sale. But just all of a sudden, it's kind of there's for sale signs right, left and centre. You know what's happening? You know exactly what's happening? What? This is, look, you know, we spoke about this a year or two ago when we said, look, buyer's strike, don't touch the market. Mm. There's too much going on. Right? What is happening now, two months ago, there was a buyer's panic. There was still a buyer's panic of couples, young couples in particular, climbing over each other to try and get to something. Yeah, yeah. And then sellers were like, oh, those fuckers are panicking. We're not going to, we're just going to hold off. We're going to hold off. We're going to hold off. We'll get another 10 grand, 20 grand. We're going to hold off, hold off, hold off, right? So in a buyer's panic, the seller's market dries up. What's happening now is the sellers are panicking. So they are putting their houses on the market because they can sense it's about to peak. Yeah. Right? And they're saying, now, oh, Jesus, we better put This is estate our... agents kind of and stirring it up. This is estate agents whispering. Okay? Right, okay. Estate okay. agents always would have whispered to the seller in the buyer's panic, oh, don't worry, just hold off for a few months and don't put it on. And oh my God, we've got another, you know. So mm. they're managing. Now estate agents are saying to the people who should have put their houses up for sale six months ago, put them up for sale, put them up for sale, yeah. right? Get them out before the market peaks. There's still money around. Because who knows what's going to happen next week or next year. Yeah. So what you're having is all those properties that are coming on the market in clusters now all around Dublin. By the way, you might even see it in your own place, wherever you're listening. Yeah. Look at it. This is a great telltale sign the market is turning. So the sellers are now panicking. The buyers have stepped away. They're saying, there's no value here. Interest rates are rising. I'm worried about my actual income because the rate of inflation's eating into my take-home income. Let's just chill out. So what you're seeing in actual fact, we're going to be talking to Katie Martin about tech in a minute. Right. And it's the same fear. It's the fear of the coming recession. So what's actually happening in the Irish housing market that you've identified by strolling around mm. the leafy suburbs of South Dublin Indeed. is a supplier's panic. And that's a telltale sign that the market's going down. And you know what? It's not the only market that's heading down because over the last week, two weeks, the tech market oh, has been man, tanking. Man. Let's talk about the cockroach theory of investing. The cockroach. The cockroach. You know, if you're in New York and you'll see, you know the Americans have this expression, yeah. Cockroaches never come in once. Yes. Okay? So yeah, if yeah. you see a cockroach, yeah. it means there's a thousand in your apartment, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You turn on the light, you see these little things scurrying across. They never come in ones, right? So what's the, what's the theory? The cockroach theory of tech is that these balance sheets don't implode in ones. Yeah. So it's not just Microsoft or it's not just yeah. Metaverse, right? That basically what has happened is so much money has gone into these things. The prices have shot through the roof. Now people are realizing, hold on a second, these guys are all hype. Yes, there is a technology underneath it, Mm. but actually in a bit like cockroaches, when one bad earnings comes in, the bulls in the bull market say, oh, it's just that company. It's just that company. That's an exception. Bullshit. What has actually happened is they've all got bad earnings. And this is what happened. So basically it's like one cockroach leading to loads of cockroaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so this is like, the second tech bubble burst. So this the first is, one was, was the dot-com bubble yeah. that burst. So this is the second one. 
and this is much bigger. Right, And it's okay. bursting right in front of our eyes. Now, you can look at what's happening in the world. You can say, look, it's high inflation. Yeah. You know, you've, Europe has got this huge, huge political, economic, social, what you almost call a polycrisis going on in Europe. Central banks are tightening all yeah. around the world. QT, which is quantitative tightening, not quantitative easing, is going on. So oh, that's with, a new one. They're withdrawing liquidity all right. the time. All these things are happening at the same time. The Chinese property market is collapsing, yeah. as we're going to talk about on Thursday. So all these things are coming together, which are totally changing the perception of risk. So there's this idea in markets. One's called risk on and one's called risk off. So when risk is on... Th that's from the Karate Kid, isn't it? Wipe on, wipe off. Exactly. <laughs> same idea. Same idea, John. Same idea. So when it's risk on, basically... All bad news is discounted as unique. It's just one cockroach. Yeah. Right? Don't worry about this. We're all going together. That's when it's risk on, right? When it's risk off, everything that's bad is amplified. Okay. And that's exactly what's happening so in tech this markets. Is... And the best one, of course, is your friend Elon Musk. Oh, yes, indeed. I, I, I don't know what he's up to. I'll tell you what he's up to. He's up to going bankrupt. Is what he's up to. Do you reckon? Look, he bought Twitter. Yeah. The guy he bought Twitter off... Jack Dorsey yeah. is just setting up his own new Twitter called Blue Sky. Which is amazing, but, but if it becomes a subscription thing, I don't see the point of well, it. Well, let's look at the finance of what's going on. Mm. So Elon Musk, big balls Elon Musk, decides that he's going to buy Twitter, yeah. right, last year. They announced the deal, I think it was in March or April. The deal valued every share at Twitter at $53 a share. The overall value, mm. I think, $44 billion or something, right? Now, Musk doesn't have that money, even though he's very rich. So what Musk did, he basically dangled this deal in front of Wall Street. And all those morons, right, said, oh, my God, Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. So the banks, the big investment banks, pledged to come in behind him, signed contracts with him saying, we will back you. Right, right, okay. So Musk said, I don't know what exactly the figures are. Let's say it's 44 billion. Musk said, I'll come up with 20 billion myself for 25 billion. You guys come up with 20. Mm. And we're all in this biggest IPO the world has ever seen. All this sort of stuff. And things can only get better, right? Yeah. This is at a time when inflation is at 1%. Interest rates are at 1%. Yeah. The war has started, but everyone thinks it's going to be quick. Remember that everyone thought yeah, it's going yeah, to be a yeah. six-week yeah. war, seven-week war. So all those guys get in there, right? And the banks don't have the money. They borrow from investors. Yes. So what happens is, they say, okay, we're going to do this deal. We want to borrow from you. Investors say, fine. So the, the deal was meant to be signed in April. Yeah. But then Musk gets cold feet, right? Yes. So then they basically, they basically stretch it out over the summer. All the news in the summer is bad, 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 bad. All the tech company shares are falling, 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 falling. Elon, big balls, is stuck into the deal that he made in March at $53 a share. The banks are stuck and he's afraid Larry Ellison and all those guys are all stuck because they all committed money to him then, mm -hmm. right? Right now, the share price of Twitter, look at the share price of Meta, of Google, of Snapchat. Yeah. The share price of Twitter is now equal to, would be equal if it was trading, to $13 a share. He buys it at $53 a share. It's actually worth $13 a share. This is the biggest destruction of capital the world has ever seen. From mm. the richest man in the world, right? Just explain a little bit more oh, to okay. me. Okay, so it's trading in the open market, but because it's in play, the market knows that somebody, i.e. Elon Musk and his mates, are in behind it, obliged to buy it at this price. Right. That's why it's trading at 53. But right. if you took out 
the Elon Musk factor. And if it were actually trading as a normal tech company, it would be following the similar trajectory as has happened to Meta, as has happened to Apple. So the deal itself is just... Well, because the deal itself means it it's in play because right. because because the market knows that somebody's going to buy it at that price. Right. Okay. Because Musk has already signed to buy it yeah. at that price. So that what you're seeing now is not the real value. So the reason that, for example, if you look at Twitter's valuation in the last month, right, yeah. it's bobbed around. The shares yeah. bobbed around. If you look at Facebook, if you look at Google, if you look at Apple, if you look at Microsoft, if you look at Netflix, if it's you down seventy percent. I saw Netflix yeah, down seventy. Right. So the reason that the reason that the market's not telling you the truth on Twitter is that it's in play. Yeah. So there is a buyer already committed to buy at that price. That's why it's staying up there. If that buyer were taken away and it were actually to follow the trajectory of the rest of the market, those shares would have collapsed. Now. Lots of people say it's worth X, it's worth Y. But what mm, you can mm. see is that there's no way this thing's worth $53 a share. Now, some analysts are saying 13, some analysts are saying 17, some analysts are saying 20, some analysts are saying it's even going to go lower. Wow. <laughs> but the point is, the destruction of capital is real. Now, what happens in the banking world? And this is the fascinating, this is the follow the money, right? Yeah. So the banks now are on the hook to Elon. And I know from talking to people in the market that they're now, the bonds that they had to raise to pay the money to Elon are now trading at a massive discount, right? Right, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. So you should buy them for the pension fund, right? <laughs> the, 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 the Dave McWilliams podcast pension fund should go to Wall Street and say, you see those really, because the only way you're going to get value now is buying those bonds that are at a crappy, crappy discount. Yeah. Because everybody now knows that Elon has blown it could be $30 billion in this deal. $30 billion up in smoke. Wow. Because of ego. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Elon is a smart guy. He's no done, doubt. He's no done doubt. some great stuff, but it's when the ego takes over. That's when everything goes to shit. But this is the thing. So he's so imagine you are Jack Dorsey, the guy who set up Twitter. Yeah. You've just been paid for a company. He's even more zen now. Because he's sitting around growing his beard in Thailand or whatever he's doing. He's all zen, (laughs) right? And he's set up a competitor. Yeah. You've just trousered, right, about 30 billion surplus that you you know the company's not valued at. Yeah. So he's sitting, not him, it's the the shareholders and all the other owners. But my point is, right, what we have is the most profound destruction of wealth the world has ever seen in one deal. It's a bit like saying, I'll buy your, we talked about houses at the top. It's a bit like saying, I'll buy your house for 200 grand, right? Mm. Okay. And you're committed and you're, you've done the paperwork. Yeah. But you can't close until next March and the houses are worth 150 grand next March. You've actually lost 50, but you still have to come up with the money. Yes. So your wealth yeah. is destroyed. Yeah. So basically it's a cautionary lesson. It's like a negative equity. It's, it's like a massive negative equity. <laughs> it's like negative equity, except you take all the impact now. That's what's happening. Yeah, okay. I understand. I I get you now. I get you now. Maybe I will become a trader. Tell you, it's 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 in your DNA, John. (laughs) So, so John, the the Twitter is just an example of what's going on now. Mm. Let's look. All the rest of them are collapsing. This is huge ramifications for Ireland, for people working in these companies, for rents of swanky apartments in Dublin Two and Dublin Four, who are renting to these people, and for office space. All sorts of ramifications. But let's go to Katie Martin in London, the FT's Markets Editor. Now, 
for those of you going to Kilkenomics on this weekend, one of the, star- the starlets, not even stars, one of the starlets <laughs> of the gig is Katie Martin, the market's correspondent guru of the Financial Times. We are now going to talk about the carnage in tech stocks. Katie, yes. how are you? I'm looking forward to seeing you next weekend. I feel like you're overselling me here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's English <laughs> English understatement. So you've got the you've got the cultural difference between Ireland and England just there, right? Yes. We yes. we oversell and you understate. There's a bit of that, but also I, I was um it's funny, I was talking to my sister about this earlier. Like if at any point you find yourself suffering from even the slightest hint of imposter syndrome, just remember Liz Truss was Prime Minister of the UK for, <laughs> for so 44 true. days. And she didn't appear to suffer from this. So, um, <laughs> it's, you know, put yourself out there, you're right. No, no but the, the awful thing is that you're suggesting that Liz Truss might have some Irish blood in her. That this, this, <laughs> to, to use that great Irish word, chutzpah, that we, always, that we all have. <laughs> No, but uh, listen, no, but just, uh, I, can, I, just I, I won't Liz, trust you. I won't talk about Rissy Sunak, but how are you dealing with the trauma? Is it okay? Have you, have you seen uh, help? <laughs> is the whole English race finding help, touching each other? It's, it's been a thing. It, it does feel like, I don't think we're making it up. Everyone is laughing at us. Like, I, you know, the... <laughs> It sounds like there was a fair amount of what the hell are the Brits doing going on at the IMF meeting, you know, but new era, new foot forward. But, you know, it's going to take a while for us to to shake this off, I think. And it has been quite sort of embarrassing. Yeah. You know, what's been fascinating for us doing this podcast is every time we discuss the UK. Yeah. But you see this massive spike in listenership and that's coming from the UK. So what we find is that I think British people are actually interested in what other people are thinking. Because I think yeah. they probably thought, hold on a second, but a lot of people in the UK who give opinions on economics or politics or, are mm. really committed to one side or the other. They're either mm. Labour supporters or Tories, or that kind of Mickey Mouse outfit, what's it called, the Liberal Democrats. The, Something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. <laughs> but I mean, so, so I, I, think, I think there is a sense of, wow, you know, the other people have an opinion on us and that opinion is not always great. But I mean, it's just a, it's just a bit of bond market you know, jiggery pokery, it's just going to cost you more to borrow. And Look, it's a, it's a teachable moment, I think, for the rest of the world. You know, yes, we messed up, but other countries do have the capacity to mess up like, like we did. And I think, um, I suspect this is something we'll get into in huge volumes in, in Kilconomics, but this is, you know, markets can teach you a lesson. And and also what what my beautiful segue into, into big tech is that, you know, Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng had to sell their story. They failed to do it properly. Big tech suddenly has a story that it has to sell. It's just been able to like bowl through the market saying, look at us, we're big tech. Of course, people are going to buy our shares. And now it's like, oh, okay, we have to prove ourselves because the market environment has changed. And they got taken to the woodshed this week. Listen, let's look at the numbers, the companies, what happened in the last couple of days of trading. You want some big numbers? I'll give you a big number. At one point, big tech stocks, you know, this collection of kind of meta, which we're all 
too old to call Meta as Facebook, Microsoft, Alphabet, brackets, Google, all of these guys, big tech sort of in the round. Though The valuation of those companies at one point was down by almost a trillion dollars at one point this week. That's so That's ridiculous. A, it's a chunk of change. Some of the share price moves were sort of enormous. You know, Meta, Facebook to you and me, went down 20% at one point. Amazon went down about 7%. And because these companies are so huge, that very quickly adds up to a vast amount of money. Um, and there's a couple of threads running through yeah, tell us why what, I mean, these... Yeah, give us the why. I mean, because again, a bit like yourself, lots and lots of people kind of are, were in the camp. And I know it's all changed this year, but still the general idea is, oh my God, there's something, something amazing happening in those companies, which means that mm. over the next 10 years, they're going to generate enormous returns and this is going to validate these huge valuations. And they have, yeah. and now it's like, oh, may, maybe not. Well, these sorts of companies, you, you know, your, your Microsofts, your, your Alphabets, your, your Amazons, they're not like sketchy little tech, tech companies that are basically untested and, you know, pretend to make electric vehicles or batteries or whatever it is that's the kind of great new frontier. These are pretty established companies. But one of the kind of slightly scary things that's running through what a lot of them were saying is that ad revenue is in serious trouble. Okay. And if ad revenue is in trouble, that tells you the consumer is in trouble. And if the consumer is in trouble, are we actually going to do this recession thing? Is, is, is it now? That's the bit that is kind of quite scary on, on a macro level. So, yeah, online ads for, for Facebook were just, were just a train wreck. Profits were just, like, down. I think it was about 50%. Mark Zuckerberg is calling for patience from investors, which is never a great sign. It's not a good line. You <laughs> need to it's, work on it's that, really, it's that. It's like, bear with me. All will be kosher. Bear with me. I'm just trying to sort out some shit here. But look the other way. Well, look the other way and definitely not at the vast amounts of money I'm spending on the metaverse, which, you know, it, it looks rubbish. So I think... <laughs> Maybe I'm too old. Maybe I don't get it. But ye gods, it it, it looks like the internet from the late nineties, uh, yeah, early noughties. It looks which, like that. It looks like, it looks like yeah. that Second Life game that people play. <laughs> yeah, they're taking it seriously and spending just like a metric ton of money on this thing. Like just, uh, and some investors are saying, you know, re really, really, are we still doing this metaverse thing that you know you haven't even properly managed to give these metaverse people legs yet, and it's cost you like <laughs> hundreds avatars. of these, <laughs> these floating avatars. So you know, maybe he's right. Maybe we will be having this conversation on the metaverse this time next year, and then there'll be egg on our face. But at the moment, the market is not in the mood for, you know half-baked ideas and serious challenges to, to business models. So, yeah, that's the thread that's kind of running through this whole thing. And with Amazon, what the scary thing there is that they were saying they expected their revenues in the fourth quarter, which incorporates Christmas, to be $15 billion less than analysts had thought. Now, $15 billion more than I get paid in a year. I dare say it's even more than you get paid in a year. But they're still looking at revenues of like 145-ish billion dollars in the fourth quarter. Amazon is not going to go bust here. But this is Amazon's way of saying the consumer is not as healthy as you might think. And yes, you know, US employment data is great. You know, you look at you look at the jobs market and you think, what recession risk? What, what on earth is everyone worrying about? But 
they're worried that that spending is is in trouble. Maybe if people have you know run down the savings that they built up during COVID, and inflation is obviously doing its thing. And yeah, and there's a small that, there's a small world war maybe possibly going on, and there's climate change, yes. and there's interest rates that may well go up to six or seven percent in the U.S. I mean, there's a lot going down there. U.S. mortgage rates, I think, about six seven percent now. Already, it's mad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and they were one so. On the one hand, you've got this metaverse. This is all bonkers valuations, huge amounts, a trillion dollars lost. But this is real money at, yeah. at one set because these companies were using their share prices almost as currency, right? As the share yeah. price went up, they could buy new stuff and they could expand. And I'm looking at, for example, Dublin's Docklands are full of very, very, very glossy, you know, chrome and glass Google sales yeah. pitches. Facebook uh, sales places, so Twitter sales places, all this. We're going to yeah. come to Twitter in a second, right? But so the real impact is that these companies now need to get their costs under control in order for the market. You talk yeah. about it's a bit like Liz Trust. Liz Trust said, look, we're going to borrow all this money and don't be worried about the budget deficit. Don't be worried about the current account <laughs> deficit. We'll sort it out. The market say, now hold on a second. <laughs> Just recalibrate here. We're going to get this whoa, for the, whoa, whoa, re- whoa, We're going to get this lad Rishi in here because he's good at the maths and he's good at sums and he's a good little balance sheet boy and he's going to yeah. he's going to do the budget stuff for us and then we're going to be kosher, right? So the yeah. same thing is going on with exactly. Meta. So somebody's going to say to Google, like, okay, the warning for you guys is stop spending the a colleague of mine made a very clever point which i'm going to claim as my own which is you know yes mark zuckerberg got he got trust basically you know the the market did the same to to him as it as it did to liz trust the thing is you can't get rid of mark zuckerberg (laughs) (laughs) even if he can't be fired (laughs) yeah because he's kickboxing too much at the moment that's his other thing Very when, busy when, when John when John Davis <laughs> across the way takes to kickboxing, I know he's lost the plot. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, there is no kind of Rishi Sunak on the horizon to come and sort this situation out over there. So, you know, either Zuckerberg's grand vision works out, or it's going to find itself treated very, very differently in, in the markets from now on. Because investors, my God, they've had a stinker of a year. It's just been horrific. You know, US stocks, last time I checked, down about 20% this year. Bond market has been an absolute bin fire. So they can't even pad up their portfolios with that stuff. They are not in the mood for spending, but giving money to Mark Zuckerberg to put into Second Life Mark Two. That is just that is not the time to yeah. be doing these kind of grand projects because fund managers are absolutely not having it. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's it's like that moment when the child goes to the dad who's actually really pissed off and has just lost <laughs> his job and says, "No, you can't have an extra twenty quid." Yeah. So this is important. So the psychology of the market is completely and utterly changed. So yeah. any sort of flannel is going to be discarded. You've got to be able to sell your story. It doesn't matter if you're quasi quarting or Mark Zuckerberg or anyone in between. You've got to be able to sell your story or markets are not having it. Now, at some point, markets will have it again because these things ebb and flow. And there's lots of what we call cash on the sidelines, right? Investors have got a huge, like much more than usual amount of money sitting around in cash, waiting for something fun to spend it on that they think will actually work. So when we start to get an upswing, we'll get a hell of an upswing. But right now, particularly with tech companies that are the best thing we have as a barometer of the health of economies and consumers, 
the moment they're saying this is not looking great, so investors are just, they're, they're super nervous and they don't want to make any more massive mistakes towards the end of the year. Now, let's just focus on the big deal this weekend, of course, is Elon Musk buying... Great guy, <laughs> handsome, wise, a fine steward of Twitter, which I don't want him to kick me off. Yes. Yeah, and apparently he's not even eating lunch these days. He's on a new right. keto diet. Okay, sure. so he's, he's going to be even more handsome in a couple of weeks' time. Is, is that <laughs> if you possible? can imagine such a thing. <laughs> exactly. If you could hold on to your chair there, darling. Right? Now, listen, here we have a man who has just paid $53 a share for sure. a company that analysts now reckon is worth $14 a share. Yes. What, what, what an gives? Absolute, what a blinder by the CEO who he's just fired. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So the CEO is just fired. He's going to get about 100 million for being kicked out the door. Okay. What a job he's done for the shareholders. An extraordinary know. job he's done for the shareholders. Give me your sense of that deal before we go. I mean, I think, look, not everything is about Liz Truss, Katie. Keep telling yourself, not everything yeah. is about Liz Truss. But <laughs> he is. He is the mistrust of Twitter. <laughs> He is also going to collide with reality in the sense that he's like, look at my wonderful free speech platform. And then already some of the advertisers are saying, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, yes, so uh, there's going to be a moderation panel and there's obviously going to be standards. And so he's going to learn the hard way that if he wants to keep the ad revenue coming in, I mean, what does he care? He's got more money than God. He can probably afford to lose it. But... (laughs) You know, if you know if if he's going to keep advertisers sweet, then we cannot let Twitter just be this vile cesspit of racist, homophobic, misogynist, everything else nonsense. You know, it, it, it's not going to fly. You know, unless he's just going to turn it into a huge ad platform for Teslas. <laughs> Buy my car. Buy more of my cars. Yes. Have you gone to space yet with me? Have you bored a hole under the ground? Yes. Have you been in a really long tunnel that you can't get out of in the event of a fire? Exactly. (laughs) In an electric car. (laughs) There's a range of products and services I have to sell you. Yeah, I suspect he is going to have to back down on, on some of his more forceful notions on free speech and you know it is difficult but again you know he's also got rid of some of the executives at twitter who had really grappled with this who understood the complexities you know what he's going to learn is he he doesn't he doesn't want this to be about politics he just wants this to be like a fun place where everyone shares ideas but i'm sorry in the real world it is about politics and it is about human beings and dignity and it and words matter look what happened to nancy pelosi's husband the other day you know words matter and he's gonna have to suck that up i'm afraid but just very briefly on the tech thing before we go kate right yeah you're covering this for the ft you're covering markers for the ft you're covering mm. all these various interactions in fact it's, it's so complex it's you know at some point you're doing bonds and then you're doing foreign exchange and then you're doing politics and then you're doing you know what's your sense of where this tech thing is going well The interesting thing is it doesn't matter whether you're writing about bonds, foreign exchange, stocks, whatever. Everything comes down to inflation. Inflation is the only thing that holds, you know, it really tied, that low inflation we had all those years really tied the room together, like the big Lebowski's rug. You know, it, it was great. It enabled a lot of things to work properly. Inflation is just a complete nightmare for every asset class 
on the planet, really. And yeah, I, I think the outlook for big tech to a large extent depends on how far the US economy can get through this inflationary burst without getting tipped into, into recession. Again, employment numbers look great, you know, and it's difficult to imagine a full-blown recession while people have jobs. But everything is dominated by this one question. When is this horrible inflation going to go away? And are we nearly there yet on this horrible year that we've had in stocks? Are we nearly there yet on, on the Fed, on, on central banks? Are they, going to, are they going to ease up on us ever, you know? I think it's premature to think that they will. I think next year is not going to be a walk in the park either. Um, just before we go, right? Now, yeah, I know yeah. that you are encouraging the guests of Kilcomomics to do a park run. Yes, always. Morning. I'm very, very impressed. 9.30. Yes. Kilkenny Park. Kilkenny I've Park. I've looked it up. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe you're doing that. It's so impressive. I'll be there. I'll be there in my tightest shorts. Okay. <laughs> I'll be there in my hot pants. Okay. <laughs> I look forward to it even more in that case. <laughs> Katie Martin. <laughs> Talk to you in the weekend. See Cheers. You soon. Bye. So Spandex Day, they eh? I'm telling you, you should see Spandex this. and these, brogues. These hot pants. I'm telling you, you're gonna see me in hot pants and rollerblades. That's what I'll do the park run with. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I think I need a little break. Do some odds <laughs> with that thought in my head. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So Katie's key message then is you got to sell your story. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's, it's very now good, time yeah. for the tech bros to sell their story properly because they've had cheap money for the last 10 years. And hype. And hype. Cheap money and hype. Yeah. And, and always, there's always a grain of truth to everything. Mm. So technology does change the world. Technology does create enormous disruptions. If you're on the right side of it, you can make huge profits. So that is true whether it's railway shares in the past, whether it's even canal shares years ago, mm. or whether it's these tech shares now. So that's true. But you're right. What Katie's saying is the market now is sceptical of your story. And any flannel and any wooliness and any like, oh, buy my dream, you know, <laughs> okay? People are like, man. Buy my dream. Yeah, but that's what they're saying, buy my dream, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, they're saying, no, not this time around now. But there is like all these things, you've got to see through the ramifications. These large companies, right? Ireland 
mm. has either made a bet on or has been betted on by them, right? So you know our huge corporation tax increase, right? Yeah. A lot of that is coming from large tech companies, Facebook, Google, some from Twitter, but very, very little. But Facebook, Google, those sort of ones, right? Yeah. Who are selling ads in Dublin. They're not doing the technology, the engineering. They're selling ads, right? What we've seen is the ads are the leading indicator. It's ad revenue has yeah. fallen, right? Yeah. And as ad revenue falls, those guys will retrench. And one of the great messages the market is saying, you know what? You couldn't control your costs. We, we're with you on the upswing, but unless you can control your costs, your profit margins squeeze. So now the focus on all these, it's going to be like Rishi Sunak. The focus is going to be on saving money, cutting costs, yeah, yeah. balancing budgets, all the stuff the tech guys have never done. Because the thing about tech is you never had to balance your budget when the momentum was completely behind yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, of course. But now yeah. you've got to look like an old business. Yeah. A business We're that makes, grow up. makes a profit, has got cost ratios, has got all this. The implication for Dublin, I mean, we started with the housing market at the top, yeah. is that a little bit of the dynamo, of the free dynamo, that was generating down in silicon docks, percolating down into high-end restaurants in Dublin, mm-hmm. very expensive restaurants, percolating down into high-end apartments, percolating down into excessive tax takes as well. That may well stop. So 2023 could be the year that that tech, not bubble, that tech dream, that tech naivety evaporates and evaporates very quickly. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 